Just a reminder, our podcast deals with crimes that are often violent and graphic in nature, so listener discretion is advised. So when in doubt, leave the kids out. Now, please let us take you back in time. Hello, we are back. Welcome, welcome. Yes, and um, so it's Shannon here and Melissa. Welcome to the program this week. So what episode are we on now? Do you remember? Oh, 14. I always 15. like asking her questions. I know, I'm answer. never prepared. Well, that's why I ask first, because I'm not prepared either. <laughs> so, I think 15, because 13 was supposed to be Easter. 14 called us back up. I think 15. Okay. Well, we hope that you listened last week, and we hope you're listening again today. Um, we're going to talk about a couple, an older couple, so do they think they're the oldest couple? Well, they're the oldest. No, couple. they are the oldest. They couple. are okay. So the oldest couple that um, were—I I mean, they were titled serial killers, right? Yes, but they're the yeah. oldest couple on death row in the United States. Okay, so we're talking about Ray and Faye. How interesting! They had rhyming names. <laughs> Copeland. Um, Faye was the wife, of course, and Ray was born in Oklahoma in 1914. So, as usual, he had a hard childhood. That's a recurring theme. Excuse for all these. Yes. Um, His family moved around a lot, and they struggled to make ends meet. He ended up dropping out of school and resorted to petty theft, getting into all sorts of trouble. So then he went through the Great Depression. So he was doing everything he possibly could to get by. Uh, He was selling livestock and forging checks. Eventually he was caught and he served some time in jail for that. Um, After this, he met Faye. And her name was Faye Della. I like that name. I like Della. Della. That's why I put it in there. I was like, I'm going to keep Della in there. Faye Della Wilson. Yeah, I knew a lady named Della, and she was awesome. She lived to be 105, I believe. Wow. Yes. Um, Soon, the two were married and began to grow their family. So, this sounds like maybe he'd straightened out, got married, having children. They had six children, and but. (laughs) All right. There's always a but. (laughs) Due to Ray's illegal activities, they often had to move. They finally settled in Mooresville, Missouri. On the outside, the family seemed quiet and well-reserved. They kept to themselves. They only went to town to handle business with their farm. However, there was something sinister going on. You know, farms are perfect places to (laughs) to do bad things. (laughs) Yes. Especially back then because you didn't have Google or the aerial... um, what are the the drones? The, and, well, no, the satellites in the yeah, sky. Yeah, yeah, you didn't have all well. That. Now all the tractor equipment is run by GPS. So yeah, everything's so controlled. Yeah, so um, especially back then, you didn't have all that, so you could hide a lot. Um, so sweet elderly Faye and Ray um, would end up being charged with murder and become the oldest couple on death row in the United States of America. Most of the information for this episode comes from a Forensic Files episode called Killer Cattle Log. Cattle Log. I like that. I like that. C-A-T-T-L-E-L-O-G. Cattle Log. 
I like that. That's funny. I really um, love those shows because sometimes you get to hear things from a different perspective, sometimes um, from the suspects themselves. So according to the show, Faye described a little bit of how their marriage worked. So she was actually on the show. She was on the show. She was interviewed for the show. Okay. So she said, basically, and this is a quote, we were just everyday people. I was taught from an early age that when you married, you stayed with them. Husband was the boss and he was the boss. End of quote. So basically that was, you know, back in the day, that was how things worked. You didn't have the women's lib movement for a while. And, um, and a lot of women just stayed in bad situations and it was hard for them to get out and they just endured it. So that ain't flying nowadays. Yeah, that's, mm. and if you are in a situation, we encourage you to get help. Um, not to stay in it, because now there's so many resources. The Copeland family was poor. They often um, would go without a lot of common amenities. They had six children to take care of. Faye often took odd maid jobs to earn extra money. And it didn't help that Ray never really stopped pulling his old tricks with check fraud trying to buy livestock. So I guess he would go out and try to buy the livestock um, with those bad checks. The children would have to help take care of the animals. They often had to go out early in the mornings to muck the cows barefoot, even in the winter. They only had school shoes, and they couldn't afford to get them ruined by tasks on the farm. And, and that was pretty common back then with a lot of, a lot of families. Uh, he could no longer buy lob, livestock and resell them at the auctions because he was well known for all his fraud. So they probably thought, "Woo, there comes Ray. He is not yeah. allowed in. Once um, his children left home to try their hand at life in the world, they desperately needed help on the farm. Okay, so Faye and Ray's children left home, and then they had to get some help. And they're getting older and can't get around as well. And, you know, farms are a lot of work to take care of. And so he couldn't, Ray couldn't read or write very well, and he was hard of hearing. Also, he was getting older. Yep. And so not as fit. Um, and it wasn't long before he came up with a plan and you've already heard that he's a little bit tricky and, (laughs) uh, doesn't usually do things the legal way. So he would go out to homeless shelters and offer odd jobs to some men in exchange, um, to try to help them out financially and get accounts started for them at banks. Which in the long run... So he gets these guys set up with an account. What did they think they were going to do after the accounts were set up? I guess he promised a job for like years, yeah. long term. It sounds like he would, he probably just manipulated them to be of able course. to do that. So, yeah, that is. They were, I know they were excited. They probably though. had no clue and it just was, sounded yeah. like paradise. Um, so these were often people who were already on the run from the law. Most of them had addiction issues, family problems, or even sometimes they suffered from mental illness. So yeah, they, um, probably just looked at this as, oh, wow, this is our light at the end of the tunnel and let's do it and had nothing to lose. And uh, again, you didn't have the internet. So nobody knew if they had been on the run from something because you didn't have criminal (laughs) records. Can't background check nobody. No fingerprints. Can't check their Facebook profile. That's right. (laughs) So, Ray would offer him $50 a day, which was a lot probably back then, room and board. 
Um, and this was such an appealing deal that Ray didn't have any problem finding guys to help him out on the farm. Yeah, I would think he got plenty I mean, of somewhere help. to stay off exactly. of the streets, giving me money. Before they knew it all, their problems were going to be taken care of. <laughs> <laughs> the local authorities were closing in on a check frauding scam that was running in the livestock auction market. They had several names and were beginning to track them down. Police knocked on the door of Ray Copeland and wanted to question him. They were looking for a 27-year-old Dennis Murphy. He had been linked to the farm as one of the ranch hands Ray had picked up. Ray told the detectives that he just disappeared in the middle of the night with no notice. So they told Ray that he was wanted for fraud charges and may be a criminal. Ray was like, hmm, I'm one of those. So, <laughs> so Ray didn't miss a beat. He said he wasn't surprised and told the detective um, that he was also swindled by Dennis and produced a bounce, bounce check that Dennis had written him. So with no reason. He's like, hey, he got yeah. me too. Here's yeah. his check and he tried to pay me. Wow, he was crafty. Ah, he was, yeah, something else. So no reason to be suspicious. The detectives left. There were seven men in total that the police were looking for. They were running out of leads, and so things turned cold. So the, the guys, they went out and bought the... Did you get to that? I, and, we're going to find out how We're going to find out works. more. Awesome, awesome. We're going to find out more. <laughs> She's the researcher. All right. So there were seven men in total, and they were running out of leads, like we just said, and yep. it turned cold. So there came a phone call. Someone with information called the police. They were located in Nebraska, but claimed to know exactly where they could find not only Dennis Murphy, but the other wanted men as well. He explained that his name was Jack McCormick. Not the Spice, dude. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, and when, when I typed that out, I was like, McCormick Spices. All I see is a little red, red label. <laughs> yeah, he would have made it big if he had been that guy. So McCormick was a con man, too? Yeah. And a drifter? Yes. So he used to work for Ray Copeland. Yeah. Con man, future spice guy. <laughs> Not him though. So on the farm one day, he was looking around and guess what he saw? He Ooh. saw some bones, Ooh. them bones, them bones, them bones. And he saw a human skull. Mm, definitely mm. human bones. Yes. So he told the police about it and tipped them off. And they decided they would search the property. And it was a 40-acre farm with a pond. It was almost impossible to just kind of guess where Jack saw these bones. They brought dogs in, uh, digging equipment, tons of people. And for nine days, they exhausted all of the available resources. They tore the property up. However, they couldn't find anything. So out of desperation, they brought out Jack McCormick to the farm. And they asked him to walk around and point out the area where he saw the bones. That is when he dropped a bomb, bombshell. He said he made it up and that he never saw bones. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. I didn't read that part when I was researching. <laughs> he said maybe it was an old dish pot or something. So all that time, money, resources, effort. You know how much money it costs to have all those people, the dogs, the equipment, wasted well see i was thinking when he came out why didn't they just start with him well you would think it would work that way. yes i would just start with him before i would do all that i guess say, they hey, figured, man, come tell us i guess they figured out it was such a good tip that oh we're gonna find seven bodies yeah. let's just start digging see what we find but 
40 acres is big, but not massive. Yeah. But they still didn't find anything. So they were no closer to finding anyone on their list. Nope. All right. Well, then they decided they started to look into Ray Copeland's background. And wouldn't you know, 20 years earlier, Ray was arrested for writing bad checks and trying to buy livestock. Every time he would get caught and arrested, Faye would make her way up to the station and bail him out. So she always bailed him out, huh? Looks yep. like she would be like, hey, vacation from him for a while. <laughs> <laughs> so according to the Forensic Files episode, Ray's son, Al, described his behavior as regular. Cops would show up and take Ray away for a while. He would be back, and about 18 months later, it would happen again. He didn't have a violent history and seemed to be slowing down because nothing had been happening, and it had been at least 20 years since his last arrest. What authorities did learn is that Copeland would often work on other farms in the area for extra money. Ah, it was then they looked deeper into his jobs and they got some answers. Mm -hmm. Hmm. That, yeah. <laughs> Crafty little dude. Yes. In a barn a couple of miles away, Ray was in charge of storing hay. In this building, police found among the hay a shallow grave containing the decomposing skeletons of three young men mm. laying end to end. It was impossible to recognize them because they had been there for years and were badly decomposed. After more um, investigations happened, it was found that each vi victim was shot in the back of the head. There wasn't anything physical linking Ray to the three men. It wasn't on his property. See, now that would be like you hire somebody and they're going to bury somebody on your property. That's kind of scary, you know? Mm -hmm. Days later, in another building on that same property, the police emptied out hundreds of, hundreds of bales of hay and underneath the floorboards, they found another body. Okay, so, and I watched videos, you know, because in the episode it shows videos of this. You have hundreds of these huge, you know, hay bales. Like mm -hmm. if you're from, from the south, these, you know, huge hay bales that have to use machinery to move because they're so heavy. They had to move out hundreds of them and then get under the floor to find this body. So in order for Ray to put this body here, he had to have moved out hundreds yeah. of bales. Like, how did no one not notice that? Like, unless the, <laughs> unless it was empty to begin with, and he was like, "Hey, put this hay that here." Could be, yeah. And then he was like, "Ding, ding, 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 ding! I have a spot for you." So did, I don't know. I don't know. But that, to me, it's just visually seeing all that hay yeah. being moved to find the one body. That's a lot. Of, that's a lot. Of that work. is a lot of work. So. <laughs> Maybe it started out, and maybe he didn't people... have any pigs on this farm. That's why. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and the people who owned it evidently Bell trusted Gunness him. Said, I'm not that. I'm not that oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna get the pigs. Yeah, Bell Gunners. <laughs> if you haven't listened to that episode, you should. Yes, he should have got him some pigs. <laughs> so then, a month and a half later, on the same property, where were these people <laughs> that owned the property? We have a lot of people that rent stuff out and maybe yeah. they own another farm somewhere else. And they had Ooh. money and were, you know, their farm was taken care of. So they thought, well, this one was buried at the bottom of the well. Yeah. He, another he, body. He chunked that one at the well. Oh my goodness. And this time they had something to go on to give a clue as to who this person was. They were wearing a leather belt with the name Dennis. Yay. Thank goodness <laughs> for belts engraved. On, um, so his name was engraved on it. Could this be the Dennis Murphy they have been looking for in the first place? 
while Jack McCormick, the informant earlier that had yeah. called in the tip, was virtually useless and caused quite the drama with the botched search, he did still have vulnerable, valuable right. information, sorry about that, for the police. He told them Ray was still up to his old tricks and then some. He was the mastermind behind an elaborate check writing scam and told them how it worked. So um, Jack was approached by Ray at a homeless shelter. He offered him a job and um, offer a job offer and he was down on his luck. So he accepted, which I mean, yeah, if you're in a homeless shelter, you're probably down on your luck. <laughs> um, Copeland went with Jack to the bank. He opened an account in Jack's name using a P.O. box as his address. Which you can no longer do, by the way. You have to have physical, you have to have a physical address. Oh, okay. To prevent fraud. Oh, that's cool. You have to yeah. bring in a bill or something that shows yes. your address. Cool. I think I didn't know that. Now I think about it. So that helps not to have fraud. Once the account was set up, it was time to head to the auction. So Ray wouldn't sit near or seem to have any contact with Jack during the auction. He would sit in the stand and pay close attention. When an animal came up to his liking, he would signal Jack to bid on it. He would win the bid, and at the end, when it was time to settle up, Jack would pay using a check from his bank account. Sometimes they would make just a small purchase to allow the checks to go through, building trust until a larger amount would, wouldn't be a question. Then Ray had to act quickly before the check bounced. So he would already have a buyer lined up and quickly sell the livestock bought under Jack's name for profit. So they couldn't be repossessed by the auction house when yes. the check bounced. So he had already moved them and changed hands. So before the check could clear, he pulled out a twenty-two rifle on Jack. He told him that he needed help in the barn. There was a loose raccoon that he needed to deal with. So he wanted Jack to jump down in a hole with a stick and poke at it until it got mad and ran out. So you're jumping in a hole with a guy with a gun saying, it's okay, when it comes out, I'm going to shoot the raccoon. Yeah. I'm like, I'd be you know, like, you're, digging, you're jumping in your own grave. Yes. Can I have the, can I have the gun instead? <laughs> so yeah, he was digging his own grave. <laughs> so Ray would shoot it. He said he would shoot it when he came out. So Jack knew that Ray was already a shady businessman. And so he didn't trust him at all. He offered to help and did. He did jump in the hole. So he didn't <laughs> trust him, but he still jumped in the hole. Okay. He continued to poke the stick in the hole, but never managed to take his eyes off Ray. For some reason, he glanced down for just a second. And when he looked up, Ray had the gun pointed at him. In a panic, which is, why is he in a panic? Because he said he didn't trust him. <laughs> he shouldn't have gotten the hole. He managed to talk Ray out of killing him, pleading that he wouldn't breathe a word of what happened and he would leave town as soon as possible. He escaped with his life, left town, and stayed silent for a couple of months. Okay, that whole thing, Ray not killing him wasn't smart on Ray's part, which I'm not saying that well, he should. All, well, but, all, the, all the victims had the gunshots in the back of the head. Like, I don't think he could face what he was doing. Oh, like, he okay. knew he needed to keep making money and that's how he was making money and they needed to go away. But I don't, I think him turning around and seeing that he was pointing the gun at him kind of threw him for a loop. Okay. Cause I think he, he couldn't deal with that. Cause they were all shot, like taken by surprise. Yeah, that's true. I see what you're saying. So 
he couldn't really. And then him saying, like, like, mechanical. You know, like, he didn't care about human life, and yet he just wanted to make his money. So he got it. But then when he turned around, it was it like kinda, seeing a human. Yeah. I yeah. mean, a person instead of, you know, um, that emotional, I guess it triggered him. And I guess he stayed quiet until he got word that they were trying to find these guys with the check ring, and he knew about it. So he kind of tipped him off on purpose, being a fake tip with the bones, thinking that the bodies would be on his farm because that's what he had tried to shoot ah, him at the farm. Gotcha. But he didn't know that the bodies weren't there. They were at the other place. Okay. Yeah. So he was trying to help and trying to be a good guy, but even though it cost a bunch of money and he lost in the end. <laughs> so during the search of Ray's home, they did find a 22 rifle. There were also men's clothes ranging in different sizes that did not fit Ray or Faye. I would have had to light them on fire if I was going to do something like that. I mean, <laughs> well, he, did, he didn't take that into account. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't thinking too clearly. Several luggage totes were around. In the back of a closet was the most interesting thing of the search. It was a handwritten list of names. All of the men in the list had been ranch hands for Ray over the f years. Four men off the list had an X beside their name. It just so happened that every name that had an X next to it was also on their list of men wanted to write bad checks for writing bad checks huh yeah so he kept a list well yeah all right so through dental records and careful examination of all the men that were found and identified um to be on the list found in the closet all of them had an x uh, inside the skulls they were able to retrieve small bullet fragments that were enough to forensic forensically test against the 22 they had found in the house. Ray's gun was an exact match to the murder weapon. And in the interviews, Faye would even say stuff like, well, why would he do this? Our farm was paid for. We didn't owe any debt. And if he did, she kept using the phrase, if he did this, like she still really didn't believe that he did. Wow. So I think she really, truly had no idea that that, that was what was happening. But um, we'll find out what happened after they get arrested in just a second. Okay. All right. So, Ray was arrested and charged with five counts of murder because we found out his, his weapon matched. And Faye was also arrested, which was a shock to the family as well as the small town. So, what part did she actually play? How much did she know? According to the episode, this is in her own words, quote, but I was not with him when he did his bad deeds. I knew nothing about it and it didn't include me, end quote. However, she wrote a letter to Ray once he was in jail trying to explain that things were going to be okay and everything will calm down a bit. She didn't know this letter was going to serve as a handwriting sample that would exactly match up with the list that was in the closet of the ranch workers. Hmm. That turned out to be the only, like, smoking gun that they said convicted her. But I it's just a list. What if he asked her to make a list of the people that they've... Because had. he couldn't write, right? Right. So, yeah, she could have written and then names. And then, you know, the X is beside the names. Yeah. What if he's like, oh, well, we fired him. Can you just mark an X? Like, yeah, I, can I don't think that that in itself is like, yes, you were involved. I think that's reasonable doubt, Melissa. Good yeah. job going to law school. Yes. I like that. Awesome. <laughs> so... <laughs> Man, yeah, that's kind of sad. Um, all right. Oh. So, in her own words again, quote, I ask no questions. Would have done me good if I had of cuss. 
Oh, pause. Okay. Yeah, she. It, it's in her own words. So okay. She's so. like, I asked no questions. Wouldn't have done me no good if I had, because he would have slapped me across the house. Is what she, end quote is what she had said. Okay. Sorry, you couldn't read that. <laughs> <laughs> My bad grammar on purpose. <laughs> This was a quote. So is it possible he just told her to mark someone with yeah. an X, like Melissa just said, because he had fired them? Literally, but yeah. she didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he had fired them for sure. So suddenly Ray came to be seen in a new light. Now stories about his violent behavior at home behind closed doors were starting to emerge. According to Ray's son, Al, on that forensic file episode, he stated a couple of times when Ray's temper flared, his brother was, um, one time his brother was eating oatmeal and had gotten to the bottom of the bowl. And the sound of the spoon scraping the bowl, which I'm sure many of us have done, was enough of an irritating sound that he just took a frying pan and hit his son with it. And then Al himself recalled a time he was milking a cow and the bucket tipped over because the cow kicked it. Immediately, Ray started hitting him with the metal cow kickers. So, so obviously, he had a violent streak. I would say. And he was did. more than capable of taking care of these crimes that he was yes. charged with. Yes. So, they were tried separately. Ray was charged with five counts of murder and sentenced to death. He was found guilty. But Faye also received the same fate. So, it was the list of workers in her handwriting that sealed the deal. Wow. But she maintained that she was just an abused wife and was just doing what she was told. And when I read it, it was like, no, you had to know what was going on. But when I saw it and heard her talk about maybe she, I don't think she really knew what was going on to the extent. Well, and two, you have to consider the time period. She did more of the housework yep. if he did more of the outside work because it took longer to do things, you know, that she had to prepare the food and so many things. They didn't have processed food to go to yeah. the store. You don't have a dishwasher. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so and she had to take care of six kids. kids. I can see that happening. And he went out to work all day and probably came in late. And so she might not have known. Yeah. And, uh, and on a farm, if you hear a gun, that's normal. Yeah. I mean, you hear sounds putting like animals that. down. And yeah. And we got to, so we got to consider the time period and um, just, the technology wasn't there. So I can see that happening. And so many women these days don't even know. Uh, yeah, and women and men don't even know what their <laughs> spouses are up to. So I can, I can see yeah. that. I kind of feel sorry for her. But in 1993, Ray died in prison before his execution. Um, could not find out why. Um, I'm sure it's out there somewhere. But in 1999, Faye's sentence was changed to life in prison. Okay. So something had happened where it... And, and she even was on there like, why should I pay for something that he did? Yeah. And and they changed it. But she was the oldest woman on death row in the United States until that got changed. Okay. Um, she did die in 2013. But so there's still three missing men on that list that they haven't been located. But police are certain that they probably met the same fate and they just haven't found them yet. Wow. And they can't just go around digging up every farm yeah. that he worked on because that would just be too much time and money and and expense so there's day still somebody's looking for gonna dig up um, bone, some bones and it's gonna be those guys mm -hmm. and it's sad because uh, you know you wonder if anybody's looking for him or had in the past looked for him well in so. the type of victim that and we see this a lot with serial killers or people that kill more people is the victims that they go for are often the ones who aren't yeah, looked for or who have been abandoned or have left home and no, no one is looking for them yes. and that's 
And that's, you know, why they get away with it for so long until something happens. That's right. Well, guys, thank you. We hope you enjoyed this episode about Ray and Faye Copeland, the oldest couple on the death row. The sweet elderly couple who yeah. killed the ranch hands off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, make sure to join our Facebook group. Yes. Um, you can email us at oldtimecrimegals at gmail.com. Uh, make sure you like and rate us. on. Um, we're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Google. We're on Overcast. We're on Spotify. Um, tell your friends. Um, go back and listen to our previous episodes and join us next week. And just remember, if you do the crime, it's going to catch up with you in time. And then we'll talk about it.